podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. All right, everyone, me, Will Pugh, uh, no James Jones this week. Uh, I'll be quite honest with all of you. I didn't want to do a podcast this early in the week. I didn't want to be speaking to Patch Warner from Three <laughs> Peeps in a podcast uh, who has joined me for this opposition view. Um, I wanted to wait until later in the week, do a little Sheffield United opposition view, and then me and James come back next week. As it is, thanks to West Ham, one new up after four minutes against Bristol City. Couldn't hold on to that lead and, in fact, threw it away and were probably lucky to get away with a draw in the end. So that means we've got a replay at Ashton Gate on Tuesday night in the FA Cup, which means here I am, Monday morning, 10 o'clock, shoehorning a podcast in to speak to you all. I hope, Patch, thanks for joining us. You're not offended by my stance and you can understand exactly why I didn't want to be doing this podcast. But the fact I have to, uh, I am delighted it's you that's joining me to do it. Oh, fantastic. Now, thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, yeah, I think all of the players, the coaches, the staff, everyone, even the former players that were in the Royal East Lounge milling around with us, um, like Marlon Harewood, who's actually a former City player as well. The last Hang thing on a minute. To... Royal East Lounge. What's all this yeah. about then? There's well, 9,000 we... away tickets behind the goal. I wanted to be able to see both the game and the 9,000 fans um, in a comfortable <laughs> seat on the side, not not yeah, not watching yeah. it with binoculars and things like that. But uh, yeah, Marlon Harewood said, said to me, I've last thing was... I've been in the Lounge before. I know there's buffet <laughs> food in there. I know you get a few free beers. Don't give me all that about there. I wanted to all see right. the away fans. I didn't think I'd be sipping on espresso martinis and, and uh, <laughs> things like that at West Ham's ground, I must admit. But uh, it was fantastic. Great experience. And as I say, Marlon said, there's no chance of a replay. Last thing he said to me. So, uh, yeah, waiting to hear a reply on his thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days, mate. Happy days. Well, look, um, obviously, Jared Bowen puts West Ham up after four minutes. And really, it's the exact sort of thing that West Ham fans of the Moyes in or out persuasion have been moaning about all season, really. We have a tendency to start games really well and we, we, we basically play well for the first and last 15 minutes of games, typically, not all the time, but when there's been moans about our performances, that's typically what's happened. Um, and same thing happened again. Great start. Couldn't have been better, really. Jared Bowen after after four minutes and you think here we go you know nice and you want it to be nice and routine games like that and it, it felt that was going to happen and then yeah no, not to take away from Bristol City's performance I, I thought you played really well You're a decent side I, I think your that performance certainly doesn't um or your championship position I think the 14th after the weekend defeat at Preston uh, doesn't really belie that sort of performance and I thought you played well but ultimately the Premier League team sixth in the league at home the onus is on us to mm -hmm. to take that game to you great strike I would just say Tommy Conway getting the equaliser 
again, with the claret and blue glasses on, you're going to look at the defending as opposed to what an amazing goal it was. And, you know, credit as well, would just say as well, the, the, the limbs, as people like to say, behind the goal. Not from you, of course. I'm sure well, you were, we were knee deep we were, in, your, um, in your Ford espresso martini, but... Well, we definitely were. We were kind of told not to celebrate in in hospitality, but when when that goal went in, uh, I think we lost control of our limbs, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. But no, I mean, look, you know, uh, obviously, just to sort of give the listeners uh, my sort of stance on it, it's just one of them frustrating ones. Everyone was annoyed afterwards. Um, they add another game in cut short our sort of winter break, whatever that's supposed to be this time around. And I think with the games we've got coming up, it's one of those ones where really the draw was the worst result. Lucas Paqueta gets injured, as does Jared Bowen, and it probably couldn't have gone gone worse. But that, uh, that's what lots of people are saying. I don't necessarily feel like that because I think, you know, if we, we've come through the replay, you still want to be in the in the FA Cup. Some fans mm. have got a slightly different view. I still think a draw and a, being in the competition is better than than going out. But I understand where some fans are thinking. What was your sort of view on the game then, from a from a Bristol City perspective? Yeah, the, not the greatest start, and that kind of makes you started to make you think, oh, oh goodness gracious me, what's going to happen in this game? But we grew into it. We 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 know that when we all perform, the players that is. <laughs> Well, and the fans, when we perform a, a seven or eight out of 10, we can match anybody. You know, it's just yeah. 11 players on a pitch playing against 11 players on a pitch. And um, and I have to say that that we did that. We we sort of sprang into gear, stuck to the game plan, um, caused lots of problems down the flanks with with Cam Pring, um, bombing down the left-hand side. Uh, Tommy Conway obviously was up for it, um, as was Joe Williams, who I thought was magnificent. Uh, he's been a tough tackling midfielder for us in the in the last, you know, it's certainly in the last few games and throughout the time he's played for us as well. So I think everyone just up their game. Um, Max O'Leary made made a couple of worldy saves. So he he kept us in it quite early on. I think you almost went 2-0 up with mm-hmm. a close range effort and Max O'Leary pulled out a great save. So, yeah, I think everyone just went up a little gear and uh, we, we gave you a good game. And I just think... Um, I think Jared, Jared Bowen kind of drifted out of the game a little bit, and obviously he he started really well. So, yeah, I think I think it was a good performance and one that we were hoping to take into Preston on Saturday, but that didn't come to fruition. <laughs> no, well, I think that that's the sort of thing that West Ham fans would look at and go, for God's sake, what is going on here? Uh, Preston went above you into twelfth, didn't they, with that two 0 win? A couple of goals from Will Keane. It is Will Keane, I'm assuming, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I think from a West Ham perspective, you know, we've got, we, we start, it's one of those things, right? I was looking at it and it's so easy to come out with negatives after a game and go, ah, oh, you know, such a joke. Paquette is injured, Bowen's injured. And that is dreadful bad luck. Mm. And, but it's also one of those where those same fans, you know, some people are just determined to be negative or whatever happens, would be going, oh, why are we disrespecting the FA Cup? You know, why aren't we putting our a stronger team out against Bristol City? And it's like, well, you do that. There's always, you know, it's just easy, isn't it, in hindsight. There would have been criticism. Like if we'd have won that game, which we should have done from the position we were in, mm. we'd have gone on and been two or three up at half time. which like you say, if it wasn't for that, 2-0 would be easily feasible. Um, then you could have taken some of those players off 
and it all looks like ah, oh, excellently game managed. But it, it, it's so easy for fans. I'm talking about West Ham fans here, and they're all football fans to like forget that there's an an opposition team trying mm. to like negate what it is that you're doing. It's kind of how sort it works. Of, <laughs> yeah, but fans just sort of go. Oh, you know, just play a strong team, just go 2-0 up and then just take all the players off as if there's no other outcome. Like yeah. Bristol City have got no sort of way of intervening in, in any of those well-made plans and, well, and you bit, played a good uh, game of football, I thought. Yeah, and it's a bit like us. We seem to struggle against some of the lower league opposition. When we play mm. higher league opposition or even, um, you know, teams like yourself... You seem to just uh, when you come at us and other teams come at us, we just seem to that that's how we get the best out of our team as well. Yeah, so same with West Ham. Yeah. So yeah, when obviously you play against a lower league opposition like us, it's that I don't know if it's a mindset thing or um, the expectation or or what. But we when we play against team like we went to Birmingham um, a few weeks ago and Wayne Wayne Rooney basically admitted I think he parked the bus. And we struggled to break them down. It worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was really that was really frustrating. But yes, I just uh, wish we could play against teams like you every week and get a good performance out of boys. <laughs> yeah, quite, mate. Quite. So was it the the overall sort of feeling among supporters? I guess was was a good one. Um, oh yeah, it was a memorable this... memorable day out from start to finish. Uh, obviously, all the problems with the transport. It's all of these sort of that, that builds to the story of the day and things like that. It'd be a memorable memorable day. A lot of people would would well, n- none of the city fans would, would have been to the London Stadium to watch Bristol City. That's for sure. Um, mm. I'd been I went to watch the Foo Fighters there a couple of years ago and thought, oh my god, this is amazing. I want to play, you know, watch a game here one day, hopefully with Bristol City and and yeah. that. That came to fruition, and nine thousand plus a few extras over in the hospitality was uh, was quite an occasion. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Come on, and where were you sat for the Foo Fighters? Were you in the, uh, um, the director's box? And let me guess, backstage, <laughs> were you in Dave Grohl's rider? I was on the. I, I was uh, on guitar, mate. Actually, yeah, I was <laughs> to the side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What what happened with that? I mean, complete side note. Then, because Taylor Hawkins, the drummer died and that's cancel some London Stadium gigs which I had tickets for yes and me I too. can't remember yeah. why I didn't like come around because we got refunded for them and then yeah I can't remember I think it must have been on holiday or something last year but um yeah, what's it like actually what so. you're on just quickly we might as well have a little um, why not sort of side uh, step if you like a what's the stadium like when you go and watch concerts there b what was your opinion of it because it gets a bit of a, a bad rap london stadium but what was your opinion of it as a first-time visitor for a football game yeah so for the concert i remember it was just a, a fan the acoustics are fantastic and they were great on sunday as well that's one thing that state some stadiums struggle with you can't always hear the stadium announcer um but i thought that was all you know nailed on um yeah the, the concert was amazing food fighters are, are fantastic and we i think we were sat opposite the stage right quite far back in the yeah probably where the where the away fans were sat on sunday uh, <laughs> so it was quite quite a way back but didn't deter it was easy to get a drink all of that that, that seemed all nailed and they must, must have taken a lot of lessons learned from the from the olympics to get that sorted because it would have been a similar yeah. similar vibe but um but yeah the the comments from the away fans initially were how far they were away from the pitch obviously because you've got that 
running track effectively around around the pitch and then there's that weird sort of separation between the upper tier and the lower tier where it's like a flat roof i don't quite know what that's about it's that that's because the the lower tier seats are temporary stands to move close to the pitch because for the olympics so i know it still appears like there's a running track around it but actually if you if you look behind underneath that flat roof where the canvas basically is all of the original olympic seats are still there oh wow so that whole lower tier uh behind either goal are like temporary basically got it um, okay so, yeah, yeah that, that's what, why what that was it's just about. a random bit of yeah racked seating in like yeah 50 foot in front of the upper tier yeah but uh, obviously you guys filled it as well so it just the atmosphere was incredible it felt like i was watching the game almost at wembley you know yeah. it had that sort of feel to it which added to the whole atmosphere and the achievement really so it was a great great day a great experience we parked at stratford at west sorry westfield um shopping center and in a barbecue restaurant i can't remember what it was called but it was it was fantastic it just just had barbecue on the front of best barbecue or something like that it's literally the first place we came across and i thought that'll do quick um bit of food bit of uh, a few drinks in there and then and then across and that walk across with all the it was you know like a mini Wembley way with city fans and yeah. West Ham fans and everyone was was up for it there was no animosity after the game we went to a, a pub nearby as well and I sat on a table with quite a lot of West Ham fans and they were bigging us up and seeing how much they yeah. enjoyed it and and one thing that that sort of struck with me was See, because you've got a, a big following in, and you get sixty odd thousand, you can rarely get a ticket for an away game unless you've got, you know, some special membership and season tickets that you've gone mm. to a number of away games. And I just thought, I, you know, I, I go to quite a lot of away matches as well as the home matches for Bristol City, and to to have that thought of not being able to go and watch your team. Um, I hadn't really thought about that. And that's probably the same for a lot of Premier League sides. You know, go to Bournemouth, you probably get only get 1,000 tickets, don't you? Well, not even that. I think it's about 500 you get at Bournemouth. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of, yeah, it's a, that's a sort of separate debate, the whole thing about the away point scheme, I think. Uh, yeah, it's sort of, yes, yeah, it's, it's a completely different conversation. But, mm. you know, I spent, you know, years and years and years going like home and away games and I just happened the year they bought the point scheme in happened to be the year I took a year out to go traveling um yeah so you come back and you almost sat to there was no acknowledgement of any of your previous 10 years right. worth of going to Blackpool and Middlesbrough on Tuesday nights and all that sort of stuff mm. um so yeah it, it is a struggle for lots of genuine fans and you know lots of the people who do have points um, are often, you know, selling them on on the quiet, which you're not supposed to do. But the point right. itself is probably now worth, you know, worth its weight in gold is worth more than the actual ticket. Uh, because especially now we've been in Europe when it comes to the big games, oh, yeah. the games in Prague, like the final in Prague got 5,000 seats for. Um, yeah, the the point scheme. It's a, it's a controversial one, to say the least. But anyway, Patch, look, come on, we've got another game to talk about. I've just told you at the beginning of this podcast, I've just been offered two tickets in the away end. And, I mean, it's Tuesday. Bristol's not miles away. I have been before to Ashton Gate, the one always spoke about this on the last podcast we did with Math in the build-up to the first game. I uh, went to a one-all. That was midweek as well. Look, that one got ignored when the point system came in. <laughs> Flipping Tuesday night in Bristol, or one-all, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I have been before. But, right, is it while I'm weighing it up, which I am at the moment, 
Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me. Is it worth my time from a West Ham point of view? Should I be jumping through all the necessary travel, work and financial hoops in order to get myself down to Bristol City? Or shall I just well, I think accept it's, uh, we're going out I think if, you on the telly? Well, I think you should accept you're going out, but you should still come down. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a, a, an amazing atmosphere. It's going to be a full Ashton Gate. Um, we've had some cracking evenings and it's a night game as well, which always helps the atmosphere. I find we've had some cracking night games in the past, more recent past, Man City, Man United and Man City again, uh, which are games that I'll never forget. And there will be a great atmosphere, obviously, you know, just done just over a third in terms of the number of people will be about 26,000, I reckon, um, down there tomorrow night. And it, yeah, it, it, it will, the, the players will be up for it. Um, I'm sure your players will as well. Uh, when was, so when did you come down? You Ooh, might... 2013, that would have been 2012, 2013. Okay. So, so yeah, you, you wouldn't have seen the South stand or the Lansdowne stand. You would have seen it in its old form. I would have thought. I think I know the ones. I think one of them was there, maybe. Okay. Or maybe not actually. No, I mean you'll know better than better than me. Certainly the ones at the end. Well, uh, when we were, when were we tiny. won the when we won the double, which was the twenty fourteen fifteen season, yeah. the South Stand was being built then. Yeah. Um, and the Landstone Stand came after that. I'm pretty sure. But oh, there we go then. No, it was so really so I would say. I would say you're almost going to a brand new ground. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I must admit, that's, that, that's one of the reasons I normally go to sort of road grounds. If I've never been before, then I'm like, I'll make the effort. But yeah, it's going to be, it's, yeah, I, I think, I think you should go, mate. It's, um, you know, you might not be able to come to Ashton Gate again for a little while. And obviously <laughs> we'll be hoping to get promotion very, very soon, but there we go. <laughs> It's easy for you to say, mate. Your team's likely to win the game. I got to drive three hours to watch my team lose, probably. Well, but I was just looking at the, the I was just I was looking at the cool. odds. Um, I thought we would be a little bit closer in on the odds, to be honest. Um, I've got mine in decimals. West Ham are one point eight five to one, and City yeah. are four to one in terms of the full time result. Um, right. But obviously, you've you know you've got a few injuries, but I'm sure the players that come in. Are, uh, are still good players, but um, the, uh, yeah, you'd say that, mate. That's the uh, that's the thing. Driving all that way to watch Danny Ings play up front for ninety minutes is not the one. I did made the mistake of flying all the way to Athens to watch that um, earlier in the season. And I'll be honest, mate, I don't think Bristol's got quite as many historical monuments to distract <laughs> me from the football as Athens has. So, uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll give it some thought over the next couple of hours and see what's yeah. what. But look, talk to me about the game then. What are you expecting from your side? Are you sort of expecting them to, I suppose, and now you've done all the hard work of getting the, the replay, you're not just going to sort of toss it off with a weakened side, I assume? No, I think we'll. I think we'll probably start with the same side that we started last Sunday. We started with the same side yesterday, yesterday, Saturday, um, and you know, obviously, we lost two 0 to Preston. Played well first first half. Uh, I can't see many changes. Mark Sykes might be fit and available. Um, who will probably start if he is fit on the right hand side of the three? So it'd be probably the four two three one formation. Um, Sykes offers direct running at goal a goal scorer as well so I'm hoping that he's fit and able to play we saw a debut on the weekend for Ross McCrory who was our big big summer sign-in from Aberdeen uh, who is a, a right-sided centre-back right right back so 
whether he is able to play or not. He's only played 14 minutes in the last sort of, what would it be, uh, seven months. So whether he's risked from the start, I don't know. But um, another option from the bench. And and yeah, I think you won't you'll see a similar performance and similar setup and side to what we saw at, at West Ham. Oh dear. Well, look, I'm just going to do some live <laughs> pod- <laughs> some some live podcasting uh, arranging here, right? So I've just texted my dad now um, and said, "Fancy Bristol City tomorrow night." Uh, got to been offered two tickets, and uh, and just just in case before we wrap up this chat, he gets back to me. Um, right, so okay. you, <clears throat> you know, just for for the West Ham listeners' point of view, it's one of those where we've obviously got Sheffield United on the weekend, and we beat them earlier in the season. Uh, sort of again, fans weren't really happy with the performance, but we did the business, got the points. You'd like to think we'd we'd do the same this weekend, but. I, 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 it's really hard to sort of gauge what David Moyes is going to do because our squad is so weak and we haven't moved that quickly to bring any replacements in so far in those attacking positions. <clears throat> it's sort of hard to hard to gauge what what he's going to do with it. We haven't got loads of choice really. Um, we got Sheffield United on Sunday, which obviously gives a little bit of a buffer. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I'm really unsure. I, I just sort of feel that David Moyes is clearly prioritising the Premier League and the Europa League, which I don't particularly mind. But now it's getting to the stage where he, he doesn't have loads of... It's not like, oh, you've got a load of fringe players who can come in. Mohamed Kudus is at AFCON. Paqueta injured, Bowen injured. It's just like, oh, is he going to rotate? It's like, no, that's just his players he's got. Um, have you got... Have you, what's your... What's your academy sort of setup like? Because I mean, we we have got we've got such a small squad over the last three mm. years because we've been sort of trimming it down due to COVID and uh, fair fair play rules and all of that sort of stuff that we we've dipped into our academy massively in the last in the last two three years and they've come through and and most of them have stuck and they're now formed part of the first team. Have you got that to dip into? Less so, to be honest. And that's one of the contentious issues among fans. You'll have lots of fans who will tell you that Moyes is terrible at bringing young players through. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, of a completely different opinion, whereby it's just much, much, much harder these days, given that the Premier League, by its very nature, is a congregation of all the very, very, very best players on the entire planet. <laughs> it's just much more difficult these days to for Premier League clubs to have the time uh, to bed these players in. You know, it, it was different with Declan Rice because we had less to lose. Now we're in the Europa League for the third season, or Europe for the third, third season running for the first time ever. We're mm. sixth in the league. Fans are so fickle. There's so many people all over you go, oh, it's, you know, ridiculous. He's not giving the young players enough time. I'm sorry. I don't care. Like, you can't have everything. Like, play our best players. Like, if for a couple of seasons that means limited chances for some academy products, I don't really mind because, and is that a lot, a lot of, among a lot of West Ham fans, you've got that sort of youth academy bias, if you know what I mean, whereby they convince right. themselves that because they want a youth academy product to do really well, that he's good enough and that they're really good. Divine Mabama is probably the closest you'll get, right? But if I'm honest, and I don't mean this in a facetious way, 
I think the chances are far, far higher that Divine Mabama will have a perfectly respectable professional football career. But if he spent 10 years, the, the example I've been using recently is Cardiff. But if he spent five seasons as Bristol City's main striker and scored 10 to 12 goals a season in the championship for the majority of his career, that would not surprise me, right? I think he's a perfectly good football player, but perfectly good and perfectly fine doesn't cut it in the, the Premier League at all, let alone in the top level and the, the sort of areas of the table in Europe that West Ham right. are trying to punch in at the moment. So Ben Johnson, again, perfectly good, perfectly decent. He'll probably have like a bottom half of the Premier League top half of the championship player. I would be stunned if he doesn't get a championship promotion medal with Norwich at some stage in his career after they boing when they boing boing up eventually. Like yeah. that that's the level our youth players are at. We had Declan Rice who mm. who came on and came into the team at a different time. So do they let them, the do they loan these players out to the championship mm. or do they sort of keep hold of them? How does it work? Because we had it's one of them, right? We just let our, our our hope high profile one was um Tammy Abraham came to us yeah. for a season, was player of the season, yeah. top goal scorer, went back yeah. to Chelsea, um, you know, and now he's playing at Roma. So Right, but but the difference there, right, is and that's what I think the thing is, like you've just said, he came and he was top goal scorer and like Sean, right? He was like standout. Oh, yeah. If you took Divine Mabama off us, who's our striking prospect. I'm not convinced that happens. I'm not convinced he shines and you go, blimey, he's on to bigger and better things. I'm pretty sure you probably go, yeah, he's all right. And you pay five million quid for him and that's it. And that's the mm. end of the story. Um, right. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. But look, you know, David Moyes, in my opinion, is sort of stuck between a rock and our place at the moment. Seems he's damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't. Well, but listen, Pat, I don't know. If, I, brilliant. Go on. I was going to say, I don't know, I think Matt mentioned it, but David Moyes has got a bit of a soft spot. We've got yeah. a bit of a soft spot for him. He he was um, playing in the team when I first started watching Bristol City. Mm. He, he was with us when we had our first ever trip to Wembley Stadium and we won the, the Freight Rover trophy um, as it was. And obviously Rob Newman is there as well in the recruitment uh, space so yeah we've got those connections with with West Ham and uh, as I say massively enjoyed the day Sunday and really looking forward to to Tuesday night as well happy days mate happy days well look I, I, I did genuinely hope that you all enjoyed yourself at London Stadium I'm glad to hear that you did um, I don't think if I do make the decision to go down to Ashton Gate tomorrow night I will enjoy myself half as much however <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll keep you posted on uh, on whether I decide yeah, to make the journey or not. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, my girlfriend's sister lives in Bristol, so I technically have a place to stay. But trying to get back to London for seven o'clock in the morning the next day oh, is God, yeah. sound that that appealing to me. Need to get that but bit, listen, you need to get that bit sorted. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. Look, Patch Patch Warner there from Three Peeps in a podcast, uh, Bristol City fan podcast. Of course, do listen to their stuff we encourage you to do that last week when we had math on great to speak to you patch hope you enjoy the game uh at tuesday yeah. night fa club replay west ham united where bristol city just a heads up you'll have another opposition view from me will pew later this week ahead of the trip to Sheffield united in the premier league on sunday that's all you'll hear and then james jones and me will be back for the usual format 
next week. But uh, we'll do our best. Jonesy's starting a new job. Um, things are a bit hectic. So we'll do our best to get it all out in the usual time slot earlier in the week. But if you have to wait a day or two, do forgive us. Uh, do also follow us on all the, all the usual social channels at we are underscore West Ham. On Twitter, we are West Ham Pod. On Instagram, email us at wearewesthampod at gmail.com if you want. And if you fancy buying us a pint, listen, if I'm going down to Bristol City, I'm going to have at least a pint or two. Uh, so if you fancy Thatcher's buying gold, me, will you drink? The, yeah, will you drink? Will you drink the cider? No, yeah, no, 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 no. That's, uh, no, that's the old that's days. The, <laughs> that's the uh, the drink of choice for most people down in Bristol. Um, right, I, I, Look, you have to do that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If anyone um, buys us a pint, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Uh, if any of those come in between now uh, and the game and I'm going, I'll buy myself a cup of Thatcher's Gold, put them up on Twitter and tag you in it. Uh, but yeah, ooh, leave us a review, five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Oh, I mean, most of you listen to this before, you know, the housekeeper stuff. I always forget at least one of them. Uh, but subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the other one as well. Uh, you'll get this interview with Patch on there. But thanks for listening, everyone. You'll hear from me again later this week with the Opposition View and me and Jonesy back as usual next week. West Ham on Massive Up the Hammers and we'll see you then. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.